Hello there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And we are talking S3E12, The Lady Killer. The Lady Killer. Season 3A finale of Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. We're here. Just the title alone, I think you already know you're in good hands. The Lady Killer. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be a spoiler to say this is uh, kind of turning the, the usual meaning of The Lady Killer on its head. <laughs> it's uh taking the the joking phrase and it's making it very literal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's such a PLL move though. It's like yeah. no literally. Like when you talk about a guy who's a lady killer, like maybe this is who you should be talking about. Well, I think when you, from the title alone, which is a great title and totally worth it, I think it kind of tells you where this episode's going to end up. Mm-hmm. So, we open on some paramedics and ambulances, you see kind of two bodies on stretchers getting loaded in to these ambulances, and it's nighttime, and you know, there's kind of the flashing lights everywhere. Hannah is just sobbing her heart out with Arya and Spencer, like, holding her. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very interesting. Arya's holding her. Spencer's kind of standing there impotent. Well, Arya's comforting her other, and then Spencer's kind of there. Just yeah, being it's... There. It's nighttime. We're in this kind of woodsy area. We're starting basically in media res. Um, yeah, Hannah is crying uncontrollably. I think they say in media ray. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, we look over. I have to say, uh, Ashley Benson, she gives some good sobbing there. Yeah. She, she really knocks it out. I was feeling it. I felt sad. Yeah. The only thing missing would be like that close up where like the tears and the snot mix, you know? <laughs> Like, that's the only thing that could have made it more, like, realistic. Well, but, she yeah. manages to stay attractive while sobbing. Well, I mean, or maybe that's, that's just me. Yeah. It could be what you're into. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, yes. cops are talking to Emily. Yeah, we see some ambulances, too. Yeah. Emily's being questioned by a cop. She looks like she's in a daze. I mean, she's never looked more out of it. Mm-hmm. And the cop keeps asking her if she knew the deceased. Was the deceased if, a friend of yours? Yeah, the, was the victim a friend of yours? And she finally says yes. And you kind of get the impression that she's staring over at poor sad Hannah. Yeah, well I like how the, the cop's like, Mrs. Fields, please. I'm trying to understand what happened. Did you know the victim? And Emily's just like, yes. And the cop says, so the deceased was a friend of yours? Yeah. And Hannah's just like staring like in shock. And, and we, we all know where some, this is leading. Well, we see some bodies being loaded, or yeah. a body being loaded into the ambulance. Um, so then we, that's, that's just the opening, that's just the teaser. Then we, after the credits, we get the tag two days earlier. Two days earlier. It's one of those episodes. I think the last time we did one of these was the 2A finale. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a popular TV trope, though. It's not just a PLL thing. Well, it's kind of interesting. Like, didn't PLL's... like the newsroom basically do a whole season like this? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the whole general thing was basically mm-hmm. this. Um, and you see this a lot in other shows, and some shows do it a lot more often. PLO has done it twice, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been pretty effective each time. Um, but yeah, yeah so well, at, they they're always kind of hiding a reveal. Well, I thought kind of interesting to uh, another moment at the end of season two. We're at Spencer's house, like basically opening up on a news report on the TV. Uh, the jury, so it's basically like a Friday and the jury selection on Garrett's trial is either starting or ending today. Well, it says it's going to conclude today. Oh, conclude yeah. today. That's right. The, the trial is going to start on Monday. And Veronica Hastings gave a statement saying that Garrett is emotionally exhausted, but relieved to finally tell his side of the story. 
Yeah. So we pan over to see Spencer Hannon and Sword of Aria are watching it is, this. It's kind of weird to get like Veronica Hastings' take on things through a news report. <laughs> They're being interviewed by a reporter. Yeah, it's yeah. very strange. Um, yeah, so Spencer Hannon, especially watching this, Arya's kind of in the background, like on the phone. Arya's wearing a bright blue shiny skirt and just... Oh, oh, I have this. Where did I write down? Continue. I'll find my description. Well, and like she has these ginormous high heels of all kinds of like crazy bling on them. Her her top looks more normal, but basically all I have in my notes is like this is basically what the costume designer would dress one of the popular girls in like a '90s movie about high school. This this is how I described it: mm. a uh, a black sleeveless top with some weird kind of like quilty lapels for yeah. some reason, yeah. and a shiny blue space hooker cheerleader skirt. Exactly, exactly. And black the, boots, and I and, mean, and these big crazy metal studded bracelets, like. The studs are like an inch wide. Like those things are insane. Well, later you see her her shoes, which are so ridiculous that I laughed out loud because they're just mm-hmm. like covered with like bling that looks like it also might be like weaponry. <laughs> it's like the only thing missing from this outfit is for Arya to be Japanese. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. I mean, she- Arya Arya could walk right onto the set of like Guardians of the Galaxy here and fit right in. Arya could turn to the camera and say "Konnichiwa," and I would explode. Um. So Arya's on the phone of somebody, and Hannah is amazed at how big the trial's gotten, how basically now all eyes are on Rosewood. Not well, that surprising, really. Hannah's uh, and like a newcomer to the media. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spencer can't help but think that Toby took that job in Bucks County to get away from all this shit. And so, from all this Spencer's shit, also coming up with new reasons for Toby to take that job in Bucks County. Yeah. Wherever the fuck that is. Yeah. Emily's on mm-hmm. her way, we find out from Arya, but she's taken the long way around to avoid reporters I think who are hounding her for an interview. Haven't we seen Bucks County? Or not seen, but like, I think like a, a, they went there one time. Like something is in Bucks County, like one of the other towns they visited. I'm not oh, sure, really? but yeah. Uh, you know, if we were actually somewhat acquainted with real Pennsylvania geography, mm-hmm. We might find that it's even a real county, but we have not bothered to look that up because this nope. podcast is on its shit. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, so, we're I'm just going to say it's a West Coast podcast, so yeah. sorry, Philly. Aside, yeah, um, Spencer's wearing a dress, of basically a very cute dress. It has donkeys all over it and a <laughs> bow on the back. Oh, yeah. That's her, like, so, that's her, like, Democratic National Committee luncheon dress. Yeah, really. Like, Arya wears, like, animal print clothing like she wears a lot of leopard print yeah yeah like spencer wears like patterns of animals yeah so sometimes aria dresses like the cutest little like like latina girl on her way to the whatever the i can't pronounce it the thing they do on their 15th birthday and sometimes she dresses like a japanese space hooker spencer a lot of her clothes just have animals like like patterned of shapes of animals on them Mm mm-hmm it's almost like like whatever that DC Comics character is that could like summon animals to like get their powers from. I feel like that's Spencer in a way. Um, so they're going over their strategy for Emily's intervention. Yeah, they're planning an intervention, even though Emily is going to be expecting apology when she shows up. That's how they got her over here. Arya said that uh, like, come on over, we need to apologize to you. <laughs> right, right. Intervention, um, intervention. Hannah is up on her intervention etiquette. Mm-hmm. In a successful intervention, the loved one feels safe. Not judged. She says that right after talking about how more than likely after this intervention, Emily's going to hate us even more than she already does. <laughs> and then Arya says, we'll start off all warm and fuzzy and then hit her with the truth. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Arya's all about them blasting you mm. with truth. Well, then they do this neat thing where they have Spencer basically, like, rehearse her, the case against Paige, like the a prosecutor. Facts are these. Yeah, <laughs> like a prosecutor, just like Veronica. Yeah. You know, she's just like, you know, A, Paige was jealous of Allie. B, they know Paige was also jealous of Maya. Paige was with Emily that night, so it was easy to set them all up. Paige had the other earring, so she must have Allie's body. And then Hannah kind of butts in to, uh, you know, question why Paige would drug Emily or herself just to kind of test Spencer. Mm-hmm. She's just like, this is a practice run. Yeah. Well, for a minute there, Spencer's really fucking hurt that Hannah's not on the same mm-hmm. A page, page with her pun. Um, but, but Hannah's like, this is a dry one with the hard questions. Yeah. And Spencer's like, well, actually, okay, drugging yourself is the best alibi ever. Classic Sharon Stone move. And, I like how Arya and Hannah have not heard of Basic Instinct. Well, because, yeah, because that's what Spencer's, that's her foundation. Like in Basic yeah. Instinct, you guys. Haven't you seen Basic Instinct? And they're both like, no. And Spencer's like, oh, it's about this woman who, you know, like writes, you know, about murders and then commits them. And then she goes, it's actually kind of genius. And she gets this like crazy look in her eye when she says, yeah, Spencer can really identify with Sharon Stone's character's MO. Um, mm-hmm. You just know that Spencer, like, her idea... Like, so Arya is, like, the film noir weirdo. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hannah is really up on her... her. I don't know. I want to say, like... Hannah probably like watches the, horror movies. The horror movies, but also a little bit of, like, the Molly Ringwald oeuvre. Yeah. Um, we know Spencer watches, like, The Notebook, and she has to wean herself off that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a film festival at Spencer's house over the weekend consists of like basic instinct, body of evidence, color of night. Spencer is up on all the classic erotic thrillers. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the murder mystery ones too, but I feel like a nine and a half weeks Spencer's seen it last you tango could, in Paris. You oh, could God. sit down watching any like Skinamax movie Spencer and she'd just be like, Oh wait, uh, that guy's a brother and he's going to fuck his sister. And well, she's like, happen. this is the one where they do the photo shoot in the giant champagne glass. And then also, that guy's the killer. Mm-hmm. Turn it off now. I don't care that I'm wrong. That guy's the killer. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer is prepared for the idea that Paige could be working with Mona. Yeah. Hannah wants to know what the connection is. And Spencer says there's two people who hated Allie. Maybe one of them killed her and the other one covered her tracks. And the u- ultimate prize here is Paige gets Emily all to herself. So then Emily knocks on the door, and everyone, like, they take their places, but Arya has the last-minute suggestion that everyone play it cool. <laughs> yeah, and Emily's, like, kind of all attitude. Like, uh, she doesn't want any coffee offered to her. Uh, she's just like, all right, let's do this. Let's get this over with. Because mm-hmm. she, I think she immediately senses the ambush. Well, so... It's pretty clumsy because Hannah, Hannah, who just told them how the Mm -hmm. etiquette works, says, you know how much we love you, right? We love you enough to tell you the truth, even when it hurts. And Spencer says, you know, Emily's like, what the fuck is this? And Spencer says, it's the three people who love you the most in the world trying to get you to see who Paige really is. And Emily's just like, fuck this. Even before that, apropos of nothing, Arya apologized for lying, but she's like, hey, I had to get you here, right? (laughs) Ends justify the means. Yeah, and they're like, we don't think Garrett killed Maya. And Emily has a great line, when did it become so easy for you to lie to your friends? Directed right at Arya. Mm-hmm. Which, on one hand, I want to do the Lost reference with, it's never been easy! <laughs> but oh, that would have been awesome if Arya yeah. responded with that. But on the other hand, Arya's like, bitch, I started this in the crib. <laughs> <laughs> I started this in the womb. 
Yeah. So Emily tries about my gender. Yeah. Emily's just like, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." But then Hannah stops her and pulls out the earring and shows her the earring they found in uh, Paige's bag. But predictably, Emily's like, "Well, yeah, A could have just planted it there, you know, like this proves nothing." These bitches are just getting, you know, being paranoid about my new girlfriend, basically. Well, Emily points out this is probably what A wanted. This mm-hmm. is three against one shit. That's what A wanted. Emily three against one, off. A wins. And so Spencer's just like, well, that's exactly what Paige wanted. And Arya asks the immortal question of, now what? Mm-hmm. Played right in the Paige's hands there. Yeah. Driving a wedge. Um. So later, then we're at school. We're basically on the edge of the quad. This is presumably like a break between classes. Yeah. We Arya, should also mention this is going to be a chronological episode again. Yeah, sorry, because this is this this episode's all over the place. Yeah. Or you know, character wise. Arya is sitting on the bench by herself, looking very pensive. Waiting for somebody to come up and ask her what's wrong. Uh-huh. She's been waiting for like forty five minutes yeah. for that. Finally Hannah comes up and says Emily wasn't in class today. Yeah. And does three messages and six texts make me a stalker? I like how Arya just like stares coldly, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um Arya says, out of nowhere, Arya's like, Emily was right to call me out in my lying this morning. Yeah. Arya says, if anyone needs an intervention, it's me. And Hannah's like, what are you talking about? And Arya's like, thank you for allowing me to turn the conversation to Ezra. <laughs> exactly. That's like twice in two episodes now. Arya's like, waited for somebody to like, inquire about Arya's mood. And then she just like, oh, it's it's Ezra time. And they're just like, uh. So oh, she, yeah. she basically she sat, through, she sat through all this other people drama, mm-hmm. you know, as much as she possibly could. And now it's now it's time for the other drama, which uh, you know she hasn't told any of the other liars about this. So now right. she tells Hannah all about the Maggie situation, how there was a you know a Maggie to begin with that got paid off by Ezra's mom when he was in high school, but then Maggie apparently like had the kid anyway, and Ezra doesn't know about it. Yeah, and you know Maggie apparently doesn't want Ezra to know. So what is Arya to do? And H- Hannah's like, we well, have to tell him, but yeah. H- Arya's like, well, Maggie doesn't want him to know. And so Hannah says, you know, if he finds out you knew and didn't tell him, dot dot dot. Right, right. Arya says it. She feels like she's about to rattle the cage of a sleeping giant. Who is the sleeping giant? Arya. Y- yeah, the the monster within. I want to. I want to re like quote Arya from from the previous episode with I've never dealt with anything like this before. <laughs> um so Hannah says, You remember that thing that Ali said about secrets keeping us close? Well she was wrong. They tear us apart and Arya's basically like, hmm. 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 Hey, quit doing that. Sorry. Yeah. So uh Spencer's at her locker and as she opens it she looks kinda down and about maybe ten lockers down. There's Paige. Open the her hallway. Locker. The hallway is empty. It's just yeah, two. bitchy eye contact. Mm-hmm. And Spencer, like a total badass, just says, "If you got something to say, just say it." And, but she does it like when she's not even looking at Paige. Just like she's just busy going through her locker. Mm-hmm. And side note: How badly do you want to say that to a complete stranger, just to see what they do? Oh, very badly. So Paige then says, "Emily called me this morning in tears. What the hell was wrong with you guys?" And then Spencer slams her locker and says, "What do you want, Paige?" And she's kind of like, she's like approaching, like super intimidating. And Paige like pulls out her like hockey stick and like kind of raises it up. And she's like, I want you to leave Emily alone. And Spencer says, if you think I'm going to let you hurt her, you are underestimating me. Mm-hmm. Just stone cold. Yeah, yeah. And Paige says, if you don't back down, then you're the one who's going to get hurt, Spencer. I won't let you come between us. 
And Spencer, right in her face, says, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. And Paige just like slams her locker and leaves. Yeah. And there's this interesting shot where it kind of pulls back and Spencer's kind of like just standing there in shock and she kind of holds up her hands in front of her. Mm-hmm. I think like to see if they're shaking. Exactly. But they're definitely not shaking. Yeah. I think yeah. Spencer's just like, holy shit. I don't even know I had this power, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think Spencer's just like, holy fuck, I just leveled up. Mm-hmm. But it's I like, think I didn't know I had it within me to be horrible to somebody else. Yeah. And enjoy it like mm-hmm. Arya would. I think the the thing about the that page moment there is I think, you know, obviously it's meant to play as very menacing. Mm-hmm. She pulls out this weapon and she kind of half brandishes it towards Spencer. She gets tough. But I think in reality, Paige is probably like steadying herself. She's probably gripping that thing so her hands won't shake. Well, because Spencer's super intimidating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she just leads off with, if you've got something to say, just say it, you know. And Paige is probably freaking the fuck out. Well, I think Paige has probably had to had to storm off because she's just pissed herself. Yeah. yeah. So I know we, who you are. <laughs> so then we cut to Emily's bedroom where uh, Paige has obviously changed her pants. Um, mm-hmm. They're sitting in the bay window and Emily's kind of like laying back against Paige, like kind of laying in her arms for mm-hmm. comfort. And Emily is really upset about this shit for friends. And Paige says, do they just not want you to be happy? <laughs> yeah, because Emily's like... You know, they think they know you're wrong, but they just don't want you to be happy. Also, and, you can find a lot of a lot of highlights from this episode alone in Benji's video that we've talked about previously. Yeah, I did use a lot from this episode. Uh, Emily thinks that the liars are just being paranoid because of A, and Paige is like, you mean Mona? And Emily's like, if I tell <laughs> you something, she kind of gets up and turns around, you know, if I tell you something, promise me it doesn't leave this room. And Paige is like, oh, you can trust me with your life. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 you know. Yeah. Oh, Paige is like, or Emily's like, she she says, you know, she if Paige tells anyone this, it won't be safe. And Paige is just like, there's nothing I won't do to protect you. And really, Paige doesn't get it. What Emily's trying to well, tell her... this is her, the same conversation that Hannah had with Caleb. Yeah, yeah. What Emily's trying to express to her is that she's going to take Paige into her confidence because she trusts her. But if Paige tells anyone about this, then initially, it won't be Emily who's in danger because the secret got out. It'll yeah. be Paige because she'll be the collateral damage. Yeah, it's the old, it's not me I'm worried about, it's you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. This is dangerous to you, which is why I haven't told you. But, so she tells uh, Paige that she they think that someone else is helping Mona and tells them about, you know, that night and Allie's body disappearing and how A set them up and how the liars all think it's Paige now. Right, and so the first thing Paige asks, I think like a dummy, is, well, have you guys gone to the cops? And I want Emily to be like, well, no, you fucking moron. Why would I be, like, like freaking out like this if I'd gone to the cops? Well, like, Paige probably doesn't understand why the liars don't go to the cops. Like, every time they do, they get burned. That's why they haven't gone to the so, cops. Yeah, Emily tries to point out that A has photos of them that makes them look guilty. You know, mm-hmm. photos, like, hanging around Allison's grave. Um, so Paige is, you know, then basically upset that her friends think that she's the new A and will try to keep them apart. Well, and Emily's basically like, look... They're going to figure it out eventually, but until then, Paige Shitshow McCullers is like liar enemy number one. Well, especially considering this group's propensity for discovering red herrings, I feel like Paige is really not understanding, and she could really work to bridge the gap here, Mm -hmm. but she's not going to do that. Nope, because then she gets a text, and she checks the text, and it says, 10 p.m. Saturday, Rosewood Cemetery, and then her thumb is over the next word, but the last word of the text is hurt, and then A. It's so, something. 10 p.m. Rosewood Cemetery. Something, something hurt. It's a. something 
hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an S there. Um, and she, your fucking thumb, Paige. she doesn't say anything about it to Emily. She no, kind of doesn't show it to her. She says, oh, I have some family stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. But I promise I'll go to the trial with you every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not, not going to leave her side. They kiss. And while they're kissing, Spencer's calling, but no one's answering. Mm-hmm. So we're at school. We actually see the other end of that. Spencer finally gives up on that phone call. She's like, fucking Emily's not answering this call. Mm-hmm. Arya suggests going over there. Yeah. Uh, but Hannah is just like walks up and says things just went from worse to worser, and Spencer says that's not a word, but continue. Yeah, <laughs> and Hannah points out Hannah who pointed out that Emily did not show up the first period can now point out that Paige was not in Spanish today. Yeah, so and Spencer's they must be together. Yeah, yeah, they must be together. Um, so Harry is like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm really ready to take this to the cops right now. Hannah's just like, fuck no, like, I I can't trust Paige not to have smeared my blood all over that anklet of Allie's. So then Arya has the craziest line ever, where she says, for all we know, Paige is a family right now, and we all know what Paige is capable of. And I'm thinking, do we? Drowning someone in a pool? I guess. Knocking over <laughs> trash cans? Yeah, seriously, she's a menace to, like, the streets, I guess, but... It's such a funny because you know that if like if Spencer was the one who's like you're right, Arya, let's go to the cops right now. Arya would have instantly been like, I gotta go to Ezra's. Exactly. Good luck with that, guys. <laughs> yeah. So then Spencer is like, no, maybe we should just contact like the parents instead. Right. Uh, but then they get synchronized a text that say, "Stand down, bitches. Play it my way, and Emily stays safe." And, and they're like, "Oh shit." It's been a while since we got the synchronized A text. Like yeah. in these last two episodes, we haven't got much of a. Uh, we got Allie last week, but like the the week, a couple weeks before, no Allie, no Mona, not a whole lot of A going on. But now it's stand down, bitches, play it my way, and Emily stays safe. Because we really got wrapped up in the shit show. So then we cut to the hallways of Radley. We're following. Oh my this, god, this is the like the most awesome sequence ever. We're following behind this cute petite little nurse uh, who's oh, making we, her way through the hallways. Start off with just her feet as she's walking in like these tiny little white shoes with the uh, white like ankle high socks with little like lace frills around the ankles. You know, this is a this is a constant trope though of your you're basically like your Hitchcockian model of the thriller and like your mm-hmm. your pseudo hitch like neo hitchcock and like Brian De Palma things a lot of close ups on a woman's feet oh yeah and yeah and then we see from behind is this person who's dressed in a 1940s nurse's outfit and it holds up an id to the the guy at the front desk and gets buzzed out and then we uh cut to outside as the door opens and Mona Vanderwall amazing fucking Mona Vanderwall walks out in a full on nurse's outfit Probably never look more amazing than this shot right here. And and yeah, she's she's sneaking out. She's gonna walk through the courtyard and out the gates of of uh, Radley here. I mean, this is this is a fresh take on it. But like it, a lot of this stuff is kind of you know it's evocative. It resonates from stuff from previous thrillers. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is straight up Brian De Palmer's like dressed yeah. to kill. Mona Uberalls. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, on the soundtrack, there's some rock song singing. Uh, if you want to rule the world, you got to stop pretending. <laughs> so we cut to Hannah's bedroom where Arya, Spencer, and Hannah are there. Um, Spencer checks that text message again, it, the same one that they got from A, you know, in their, their previous scene together. I love that Spencer's probably been staring at this text message, this static text message for like hours. Yeah, and she says, if we don't hear from A again another hour, we should revisit telling our parents again. 
Which I mis I misunderstood the previous scene to be like, let's go straight to Emily's parents. Mm. But she really meant like let's let's rally all the parents. Yeah, yeah. Which that doesn't happen very often. Um no. probably so, you can't get all the actors in one place. Exactly. Arya just assumes that this text was you know, this text from A was actually from Paige trying to buy herself some time. Yeah, A's find a way to weasel out of this. Paige is just like stalling, you know, can weasel out of it, create an alibi or something like that. I like how uh, the body language here is interesting. Arya is sitting up on, I guess that's Hannah's bed. What's well, the couch thing? It's the couch thing. Okay, yeah. But she's got her legs tucked up underneath her chin, you know. And then Hannah is in almost the same position on the chair. Like, it's very much like a twinning thing going on there with the two of them. But Hannah's more distant from Arya and Spencer. Arya and Spencer mm-hmm. are pretty unified. Um, they're basically just spinning each other up with yeah. whatever crazy plan they've got. And they talk about how Emily has basically just moved on to a new psycho bitch. And Spencer's like, yeah, just another monster that Allison created. Well, that's that's not that's not the vein that they go in. Hannah's the one who really feels, like she really emotes and has empathy for Emily. That Emily had just gotten over her murdered girlfriend mm-hmm. and had moved on and like found a way to love somebody else. But, oh yeah, it's also this crazy psycho bitch. Um, and so Spencer's the one who points out that Paige is is basically just the monster that Allison created. Well, they're all monsters in the end. Exactly. But then Arya kind of scoffs at, you know, Allison's been gone for two years, and the rest of us are still caught in her web. I'm sure if Allison could see them now, she'd be happy for that. Exactly. Uh, so then Spencer's iPad gets an email. It's from A, and it says, Let's settle this. Allison's grave, 10 p.m. Bring Mai's bag. And there's an attachment. And the attachment is some photos from that night. Um, and it's all shots of like the grave robbery type situation, you know, open grave, shovel hiding and whatnot. But Emily's not in any of them, and so it's like right. here are shots that can frame the three liars and not Emily. And so they assume that this is how Paige is gonna fuck them over, you know? Mm-hmm. T- they it's- take them all down, they get taken down, and Emily goes free. Yeah. Um. So Arya is the one who realizes that there must be something in Maya's bag that could prove that Paige killed Allison mm-hmm. or Maya. And that's why these pictures haven't already been sent to the cop. So then A basically Snapchat Spencer another picture. And this one is like, it's like a picture of like a body bag laying on the floor. Like a concrete floor. Yeah. Yeah, And the caption says, tell Emily and I'll leave you holding the bag. Yeah. Tell Emily, comma, and I'll leave you holding the bag. So they hear a noise outside, and they get up to check. And well, they're they're all pretty disgusted at the idea that they've just seen a picture yeah. of Allison's corpse. Yeah. So they hear this noise outside Hannah's room. They get up to check. They're kind of calling, like, "Mom, you know, yeah. no, no one's there." They they see like a shadow move downstairs, and so they they freak out and they retreat into Hannah's room and kind of get ready to attack. Hannah grabs like a lamp, like she's gonna throw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course it's just Caleb who walks in with his headphones on. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of freak out for a second and chill out. And Hannah says, what are you doing here? I almost killed you. And Caleb says, uh, with a pink furry lamp. Yeah. <laughs> Arya then wonders, like, what the hell is Caleb doing here? Because clearly he was given orders to watch Emily's house. And Caleb points out that there's a dozen reporters camped out there on Emily's lawn. Her mom is home. And thus she's safe. But I feel like he's also kind of implying, you know, dot to dot. Also a stakeout is a total waste of my time. True, but at the same time, like, uh, know your role, Caleb. And also, like, Paige, I hope you're taking notes. This is what it means to be, like, a liar, significant other, you know? You you get assigned a steakhouse, and you gotta go do the grunt work. And then you, if you don't do that, you win over the ire of Arya Montgomery. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so then Spencer shows Caleb the email from A, which I feel like is almost just like you, Cyberwolf. Look at this technology, um, which she refers to as, as having come from Paige and Mona. Mm-hmm. And he reads it and guys up and says, you guys aren't going out there alone. Coming with you. Yeah. And they're just like, well, whatever. Sure. <laughs> Not like you'll do anything useful, but fine. What uh, do you can do, Caleb? You're just a man. Yeah. So cut to Emily, whose phone is ringing. It's Angie, the caller ID says. But when she answers the phone, it's actually just Hannah. Uh-huh. Uh, Hannah just wants to make sure Emily's okay. And Emily says that Nate's going out of town and she's going with, with him to the Lighthouse Rock Inn. And Hannah says, I know it doesn't seem like it, but we are here for you, Emily. And Emily says, you're right. It doesn't seem like it. Click. Click. The... You you get where this scene is going, but it's design like the, the design of it is flawed because like why why would you go anywhere if Nate? It did not end well in the previous episode. With well, th- here's why: because Pam Pam Fields walks in, Emily's mom right. talks about how there's all these reporters outside and all that shit. And three she is is Emily sure about this plan to get out of town? Like Emily should be with family. And Emily says she'll be with Maya's family. Like Nate's parents are going to be there, and mm-hmm. presumably like Maya's family, they're all going to celebrate Maya. Before the trial becomes all about Garrett, you know they they want to celebrate Maya before the trial narrative takes over. So celebrating Maya, that sounds heinous. Oh yeah, they're um, like, remember the time Maya made like a fucking paper balloon? Uh, remember the time she like rode in a boat while people swam? Ugh. Those are those are the hits from Nate Saint Germain. She likes jazz, but most of those jazz musicians are all togers. Um, so Pam's like, so this Nate character, he's still he's still just a friend. And Emily's like, well, he he wasn't initially, but he is definitely now, and I need a friend. Pam offers to come with, like a good mom would. And mm-hmm. Emily says, don't worry, you know, Nate will take good character care of her, which shudder. Um, so and Pam just basically asked her to, you know, call when you get there. Let me know. Pam's like, well, I guess I did my parental duty. Fine, go on and do whatever. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back to missing your dad, which is my full-time job. Go uh, on to hang out with this dude who I might have never even met. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So cut back to the brew, and Hannah thanks Angie the barista for her phone. Can we talk about Angie for a second? Sure, sure, sure. Did, did you, I'm just curious, did you make any notes about Angie? Oh, uh, she's cute. How are you doing, Angie? Yeah. She's yeah. she's hiding behind those glasses. Yeah, so... That's a tall, shapely woman there. What's Angie's deal? Like, is she seeing mm-hmm. anybody? Um, just wondering. I mean, it's not shocking that Emily would have her phone, because I imagine that they trade shifts or what have you. But yeah, mm-hmm. Angie, hey. Hey. How you doing? Hannah feels glad that Emily's going to be out of town. Uh, and then Spencer, I like how Spencer leaves a tip. She just like throws some money on the table <laughs> and says, I'll pick you up at nine. Mm-hmm. So Spencer walks off. And I like how there's like all these reporters kind of in the background. And she kind of walks away from the brew set, like it's- over to the, the main street. It's such a great shot because Spencer, like, Spen- the camera is like in front of Spencer, like, like you know, kind of moving, tracking along as Spencer walks towards us, and just kind of off to the side there, Spencer passes by some reporters, like setting up their shot. Well, and it has just the slightest feel of like theatricality. Yeah, you know, like just enough that it's it's not like too obvious that that this is like a a backlot, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like it it. It just feels right, is all I can really describe the it way feels that scene very, works. It feels very real. Mm-hmm. And they're really kind of painting like, like, this is a thing on the outskirts of Spencer's world. Well, I mean, the show's always had kind of a dreamlike state. I, I was reading somewhere that the uh, some of the directors and kind of like the, you know, 
the cinematographers and whatnot on the show, they like to take people out of the sh- out of, like extras out of the shot a lot of times because mm-hmm. they like it to seem very weird and isolated occasionally. Like they they really are going for this sort of like dreamlike noir feel where it's not always like you know total like you know verisimilitude reality. Like they like to kind of play around, and I think this shot with like the the camera crew like running in to set up in the background is is part of that. Like, kind of like you you see like the chaos that's like happening on the edge of Spencer's peripheral. I mean, like I, I know I've named dropped it a few times in this episode, but like there's a part of me that would love for like mid 1980s Brian De Palma to direct an episode of PLL. Oh, I mean, that'd be I, amazing! I Even would now, lose my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, he's wasting his junk with like these like pseudo erotic thrillers starring Rebecca Romaine Stamos, like. Really bring this shit. That was a bad movie. It was a Just terrible saying. fucking movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Spencer like basically walks across the street to. Since we try to like kind of map the geography of this town, mm-hmm. it's somewhere where Cece's shop is. Well, and there's like a the like poster. a bulletin board type of thing. I think a, a behind a glass case, uh, and there's a sign for the Halloween ghost train on the 31st of October. Of course, yeah, that's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, but then in the reflection. What's that? Oh, it's Toby. He's walked up behind and he's making that face. That's just Toby's face. Like, yeah. Uh, and so Spencer runs around and runs and they embrace in the middle of the street and ah. Well, they run up to each other and kind of for a half a second there's like this, you know, mildly suspicious mm-hmm. slow mo. Um, and they embrace in the middle of the road. The camera starts to the camera spin starts around doing the them. the spin thing, yeah. Like, this is the most epic love story you've mm-hmm. ever seen in your fucking life. Uh, Spencer apologizes. For everything. And Toby says, Spencer, I know who you are. You <laughs> never have to say you're sorry. And she's just like, good. Because that's the last time you'll hear that. Yeah. yeah mark, your, mark your calendars, folks. Um, yeah. So the then they keep spinning until we all get They're ready. just making out. And yeah, we're, we're all kind of getting sick, both from Toby on screen and from the, the camera spinning. Mm-hmm. Cut to Ezra's apartment where Arya brings Ezra some tea as he's like, writing. Why is Arya at Ezra's? Like, of course she is, but why exactly? Just to soak in the fucking ambiance. She's like, well, I had nothing else to do, so I was just going to go to Ezra's. Of her girlfriendly duties. Yeah, the, mm-hmm. the, the Arya's phone goes off with a text from Hannah that just says, Did you tell him? <laughs> and Arya kind of like rolls her eyes, then like she looks over at Ezra and she calls his name. And Ezra, he's like, he's doing some writing or interneting or whatever, and he just says, love you, babe, like, not even paying attention. Well, she she starts off with, um, and she's about to say something, and he's mm-hmm. just kind of like, this very weird voice, love you, babe. Yeah, it's very strange. I love that the text from Hannah, though, it's almost like that receded part of Arya's consciousness. Oh, yeah, exactly. Just reminded her that this is <laughs> on her mind. Um, the, other, the other half of Arya's personality is trying to remind her, but... Instead, Arya just goes back to reading Brave New World, which, that's a nice little book for Arya to read. Yeah, exactly. Is Arya the Savage? Oh, possibly, possibly. Arya, uh, something, something, Soma. Um, so there's a knock on the door. You know, Arya asks if as respecting company, and he starts to go off about how the little old lady next door is constantly locking herself out, so he has a key. And, and so, so Arya... Or, yeah, goes yeah Arya goes out to answer the door. <laughs> And of course, it's not the old lady next door. It's crazy Maggie. Mm-hmm. Ruh row. Maggie is sure as shit surprised. To see well, there's Arya there. there's these great like what the fuck looks that pass between Arya and Maggie because they're both just like oh, you, you know, like to yeah. each other. But then like, oh shit, we both have a secret now. I mean, as jarring as Larissa Olianek's like faces with the short haircut, like 
they've cast an actress who might be able to match Lucy Hale in crazy face. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And so Maggie's just like, this will sound cliche, but I was in the neighborhood. Yeah, because Ezra sees her, uh, and he's just like, Maggie? Uh, so he invites her in, and he introduces her to Arya, and Arya like, very quickly kind of moves up, and she's like, Ezra, there's something I need to tell you. But then Maggie kind of like cuts her off, and is like, oh, Arya, nice to meet you. Kind of like yeah. glaring at her, like, shut the fuck up, you know? Yeah, and Arya has this like look on her face for a minute, like, like I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Because mm-hmm. um, Arya, like, really, you feel Arya's thing. Arya's paranoid that Maggie will spill the whole secret about Amy and meeting Maggie, but she doesn't really realize that Maggie's probably more freaked out that Arya is somebody who knows that, that Maggie has a child. Mm-hmm. So, presumably, it cuts to a commercial here, because when we kind of fade in, fade out, or fade out, fade in, come back, Arya and Maggie are sitting together on the couch. I thought this was an interesting seating arrangement, while Ezra is, like, sitting in the chair across from them. From them. Yeah. Ezra has basically just finished his life fucking story about how he's getting a few assignments now. He's working on his writing, blah, blah, blah. Um, this is kind of funny because obviously there's this whole issue going on between Arya and like Maggie. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Arya probably is grimacing her way through the story just because of that. But it's also funny. It's like whenever you've, you know somebody and you're there as they're telling a story that you already know. Yeah. And like you're just like, you're like, ugh this again you know even mm-hmm. though it's it's perfectly natural they catch somebody up so then maggie of course asks ezra why he gave up teaching. Yeah, why did you give up teaching and ezra is just kind of like <laughs> it's complicated yeah uh so there's another knock on the door and ezra's like well it's got to be the neighbor this time <laughs> so he everyone gets up. i know is in this room so. yeah yeah seriously he gets up and so then time for maggie and Arya to have their little chat and maggie's just like why didn't you tell him and Arya's like, well, I wasn't ready to spring it on him. Yeah. And Maggie says she's just here because she's curious. And Arya's like, well, Ezra deserves to know about Malcolm. But Maggie isn't sure she wants to tell him. She needs time to sort this out. And Arya's just, like, not agreed. If he figures out, I'm lying. Yeah. And Maggie's like, well, I promise you won't. Well, Maggie's also like, you know, you've got a secret too, Amy. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ezra's neighbor is like delivering like a bunt cake in the background or something. It looks pretty good. I'd eat that. Yeah. Yeah. But Maggie's just like, look, I need more time uh, for, you know, for Malcolm's sake. And uh, you're not the one with the secret, Amy. Yeah. And then Ezra comes back in and Maggie kind of like silently thanks Arya for shutting up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ezra's not completely close. He can sense the awkwardness between these two, but they're like, things are fine. But there's, there would be so much awkwardness anyway, or at least assumed awkwardness. Yeah, yeah, like, presumably. Yeah, yeah he, he'd have no idea what the awkwardness was really about. He's like, I can't decipher all this awkwardness. Mm-hmm. All of this crazy estrogen happening. In Somewhere movie. in Maggie's brain, she's like, you're like 16. Yeah, you kind of have to wonder, too, like, it's the same thing about the show. The show basically wanted to ex- like, like get away from all the awkwardness of the age difference. Now everyone is just treating it like it's perfectly natural and normal. Well, maybe Ezra carries around like the statute of like the Pennsylvania like code in his wallet that says, you know, the Romeo and Juliet law about how you can date somebody who's only like so much younger than you. A la Transformers 4, which that actually fucking happens. Yeah. Um, Yeah. People people think that uh, PLL has like a weird, you know, pedo relationship going on. Oh, my God. That fucking movie. Yeah, he's just like, no, bro. I carry around a laminated card in my pocket that explains the statutory laws of Texas. And Ezra somewhere is just like, I've 
got to get me one of those. I mean, not shocking nobody. The statutory laws of Texas are fucking insane. <laughs> um, so we cut to Hannah's bedroom where Caleb is packing a bag, including binoculars. Like a backpack, yeah. Uh, and he also just has like a pistol lying on the bed. Of course. And then Hannah comes in from the shower. Like, I like how she took a shower in the middle of the day. Um, maybe that's also code for sex. Well, she's about to do a covert op. You got to shower after that. Yeah. So she comes in and Caleb kind of quickly tries to put the bag over the gun. Uh, but of course, Hannah's just like, you know, she saw that. Mm. Makes him move the bag and she's just like, yeah, no, get rid of it. Yeah, no packing heat on this mission. Um, mm. Caleb reminds Hannah, you know, hey, this A tried to kill my mom. It's, it's not fucking around. We got to take this seriously. Yeah, it wants protection. Uh, but Hannah's just like, either lose the gun or like, let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you realize, Caleb, this is this is a liar's operation. This is not a, a loose cannon Caleb operation. Literally, yeah. Um. So, you know, Caleb acquiesces. He puts the gun in one of her drawers. He says it'll stay there until Monday. Then he'll get rid of it, which I kind of want to see that. Like, how does Caleb get rid of it? <laughs> Where'd he get it to begin with? Yeah, exactly. Actual from actual bad guys. Actual bad guys. And so, we should also mention just one more time, there's this whole the betrayal thing that's supposed to happen in this episode. So you never know, like, who's, like, who's going to be the betrayer here, Here, you know? Could it be Caleb? Is that why he has the gun? Right. So he goes in for the kiss. Hannah turns her head away. You know, he tries to tell her, look, it's going to be okay. Then she's basically like, this feels too easy. Like, it can't be wrapped up. Yeah, like, they can't just go meet A and, like, do an exchange and, like, be done with it. Yeah. Uh, Caleb says they'll put an end to this tonight. It's two of them, four of us. Yeah, Caleb does the math. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we cut to like a, a dingy fucking room somewhere where we see Mona is also packing a bag, looking uh-huh. at herself in the mirror. She's got her full A, She's in the a hoodie. On. Yeah. Yeah, A hoodie, black gloves. Her her phone rings. She's like, I'm here. She listens for a few minutes, gets her instructions, and then she just says in that kind of slightly more robotic A voice, I understand. Well, I think instructions is a key word there it appears that she's taking orders yeah 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 so who's who is mona working for exactly because it doesn't doesn't sound like she's in charge of this op she's just got instructions from somebody so meanwhile over in spencer's bedroom cut to spencer finally letting toby fuck her yeah so she's like sitting in his lap and and toby just kind of looks at her and he's like are you sure and she's like yes she's sure he carries her to bed. She takes his shirt off quickly. Yeah. Music is playing. Uh, we were lingering on Toby's abs. There's some smooching, some clothes being unbuttoned. We start fucking. a montage with some shitty lovemaking music. I mean, well, it's just cut, cutting back and forth between uh, Spencer punching her V card, and you know we get Nate Saint Germain. He's putting a blanket over Emily at some in like hotel some, room, like, kind of cabin type place. Uh, Hannah is grabbing Maya's bag from her closet and leaving. Spencer's gripping the sheets, you know, as a penetration occurs. I like how, like, Toby's kind of more in these shots than Spencer is. Like, yeah. he's kind of, like, covering up, uh, Spencer most of the time. Cause... Well, and then Spencer rolls Toby over onto his stomach and she reaches into her drawer for something. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, but this music, imagine an artist so shitty that they want to sound like Chris Martin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it's like fake Coldplay. It's like yeah. faux Coldplay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's somebody called Andrew Bell. Nah, whatever. I'm sorry to hear that, Andrew Bell. Yeah. So mm-hmm. meanwhile, in Hannah's room after Hannah's gone, Caleb goes back and grabs the gun. This is all during back. the montage. All the all during the fucking montage. Uh, Maggie and Ezra are chatting away, eating bunt cake on the couch. 
while the camera pans over to Ezra just like stewing in Arya, Ezra's yeah. kitchen. Or yeah, sorry, Arya's like stewing in Ezra's kitchen, like planning murder, obviously. Medusa does not have a glare as hard as Arya in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, so the the montage is still going as the montage music is still going as we're downstairs in the Hastings home. Spencer comes downstairs of Toby. She is wearing just his t-shirt. She does have like like short short shorts underneath. You just can't see it. Okay, okay. It, but yeah. it, initially it looks like it's It looks like just... she's just wearing a shirt and you're just like, "Oh, PLL. Damn." Oh, holy <laughs> shit balls. Yeah. yeah. He is zipping up just his hoodie because she's wearing his t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um as he's you got do. His pants back on. Yeah. She asks him if he got that job in Bucks County to get away. And he's like, I know it looks that way, but no. So he then he kisses her and she asks if she's if he's going back to the job. And he says, I'm exactly where I need to be. And then uh, she says, I love you. He says, I love you, too. Which... They embrace. Toby has this kind of weird look on his face, which could mean a lot of things. It could possibly mean that he forgot to use the bathroom, but now he yeah. thinks it might ruin the mood if he asks. If he so he just has to leave. Leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to stop it at 7-Eleven on the way. He's going to poop in her yard. Yeah. Uh, the montage finally ends. Um, Spencer picks up her phone, calls Hannah's voicemail, and just says, Hey, Han, it's Spence. Please tell me of Maya's bad, because I am so ready for this to be over. Well, she's, uh, she's very emotional, you know, slightly teary here. Because Spencer, poor Spencer, she just squeezed in, punching her V-card between coffee with Hannah and ambushing A in a cemetery. Yeah. She's just like, holy shit, I had a human moment there for a second, but it's back to A time. Spoiler, Spencer's diary entry tonight is going to be amazing. Um, So we get this nice shot, like, overlooking Rosewood at night, just to let you know that darkness has fallen over this town, this Mm -hmm. sleepy little burg. Um, Then we're back in A's lair. Darkness washed over Rosewood. (laughs) Um, the walls are covered with photos, as you do in an A. Well, it's, it's the A layer shit. There's like Allison photos, liar photos, it's uh, a doll mask hanging over one of the layers. Yeah, there's like this crazy, weird industrial rock thing, this, music like, playing. Esoteric metal music where the mm-hmm. lyrics are highly suspicious of you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the cool kind of camera pan around Mona's face as so she's kind of like, Reacclimatizing, you know. Yeah, and yet it's, kind it, of a... you kind of get the feeling that this is Mona's first time back exactly. in the lair. There's an awe and an amazement of her, an, on her face, right, registering on her face. This lair, like like somebody like she's, is she's recharging through osmosis, you know. Either like like this is her first time seeing this, or like somebody's built this to like her her specs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's very interesting. And um, then she looks over at another hoodie and a chair and says, "Change of plans." Mm-hmm. This is a clown mask. There is a doll with some of the dolls, a dollhouse and the dolls in it. Mm-hmm. This A, this other A, is sitting in a rocking chair in front of a full stand-up mirror. So basically, this person who is also another A is watching themselves rocking in a chair, which is so sinister. Oh yeah. Um. So they start to turn their face to look at Mona as the camera pans back. Past so, so we don't see who it is. Of yeah, course. it's 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 a very cool shot though because like it's one of those things where you're like you're like, oh, one second more I would have known who this was. I love those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we're with Caleb, Arya, Hannah, and Spencer. They've gathered in the graveyard. Hannah, or I'm sorry, Caleb is talking with Hannah about some app that he put on her phone that will record any sounds. It's voice activated. And Caleb can access the feed from his phone, which sounds like a very complicated way of saying, why didn't you just, like, one of you call the other and leave the line open? Yeah. Yeah. You um, don't need an app for that. 
Well, later on, we'll hear them talk, and it'll sound like a walkie-talkie. But uh, mm. he's basically their cue, like explaining their tech to them. Yeah, he's the cyber wolf. I mean, I want he him handles to hand, the liar's technology. I wanted him to hand like the uh, the wristwatch, which also is a laser. Like hand that to Spencer, you know, or like that he's modified uh, like Hannah's phone to have like a taser on one end or something. Or, you know? And then like hand Arya the pen, where it's like you click it three times to arm it, and click it three more times to disarm it, and just imagine the hijinks. And then Arya just stabs him in the neck with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Spencer suggests that Caleb take the bag and go, basically, because the bag is their leverage. The writings on the wall yeah um so <laughs> caleb picks up the bag balances and so Arya's like well, what do we do now and spencer's like we wait for a yeah they're just like hey caleb get the fuck out of here yeah. yeah yeah if a doesn't give up Allie's body there's no deal so now we wait so now we're at the inn the uh the lighthouse rock inn emily's woken from her nap by the phone ringing well it's kind of like this weird quasi cabiny vibe Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all dark and Ari or I'm sorry, Emily's she's sleeping in the dark and then the phone rings, and so Emily kind of wakes up and answers it. And it's well, like it's, an old timey phone too. Yeah, it's that thing though, like you know, if you fall asleep in a room and then like it goes from day to night, and when you mm-hmm. wake up, you're very disoriented. You know, yeah. so she grabs because you didn't leave them on. Yeah, grabs the phone and the super creepy like altered voice is like, "You have one minute, get out." Yeah, so she looks around and she's like calling for Nate. Yeah, she hangs uh, up the phone. She's like looking around, like Nate, what the fuck? Cut back to Allison's grave. Which, by the way, we forgot to mention, Allison's grave is still an open grave. However, <laughs> no, long nobody filled it in. Yeah, it, and it looks fresh, but yeah, it's ten forty p.m. I guess they're they, figuring like uh, eventually we'll find this body. Like, no need to like right? have to redig a hole. I mean, you know? right, guys? Yeah. We look at a lot of like like grave robbery in Rosewood. Yeah, so it's ten forty p.m. They can't imagine that A will be late for this meeting. Yeah, Mona isn't that fashionably late. So, some, so something's wrong, you know, there's something weird going on. Yeah, so Hannah calls Nate's phone, she gets his voicemail, she basically just wants him to call her back to make sure that he and Emily are okay. Um, so, you should mention that the reason she didn't call Emily's phone is they're not supposed to call Emily. Right, right. So then uh, she asks Caleb, I love that she just like, kind of asks him out loud, like, if he sees anything, and he kind of like two-ways her that, well, you know... How long on this show do we get to the point where like they all have earpieces? Those invisible earpieces yes, from the Avengers? Exactly. Yeah. Um <laughs> They just like hold their hand up to their ear occasionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Caleb says that he doesn't see anything and he doesn't see a car in sight. Mm-hmm. Back to the cabin. Still dark inside, Emily, she's like checking the windows, she doesn't see anything. Mm-hmm. And then she looks over and sees Nate's bag, and so she kinda starts she walks over and starts going through it. And she pulls out a letter. It's a letter that Emily, it's Emily was the uh, the sender, but there's no address. This is the letter that she gave Nate to send to Maya's parents, but it never got sent, and there's no address on it. So it's basically at the beginning of this season, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nate then comes in with a bunch of firewood. He says there's a storm on the way. Um, Storm's coming. Yeah, the storm will slow him down. He's putting the firewood in the fireplace, um, and he's talking about how you know he went for a hike. There's there's basically no one around, not a soul in sight. It's off season, yeah, and as he's doing here. this. Like Emily notices that he's got this like yellow shit on his shoes. Well, it's like, like yellow ne- paint. It's like neon yellow paint. It's like day glow yellow. Yeah, yeah. Uh very noticeable. And it's on his like his hiking boots. And Nate's just like, Oh yeah, my parents will be here in a couple hours. And so as he's like rambling away about how there's no one around, his parents will be here, Emily pulls out her phone and starts looking through her pictures. And she eventually stops at one of Maya. Well, he hears this. Mm-hmm. He's not looking at her. He hears this. And he's just like, oh, you're trying to call your mom? 
Mm-hmm. And she's like, sure. Yeah. And she eventually finds a picture of Maya, and it just appears to be at True North, because Maya's wearing a True North t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person who's taking the photo, like, their foot is in the foreground, mm-hmm. and it's those same boots with the day-glow yellow paint spilled on them. To which Emily's face says, oh shit. Because presumably this was Nate taking that shot of Maya at True North. So then they do that thing where like, they do like those like series of like hard cut zooms on his shoes. Like boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. You know, and then Nate turns back to her and gives her like that creepy fucking smile of his. Well, it's, it's a seemingly genuine smile, but now it's creepy. Yeah. Or creepier, at least. The, the show is all about like constantly like altering the context of mm-hmm. normal gestures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. That's a, a classic thing this show does. They, they do it like seven or eight times in this episode alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so back to Allison's grave. Both Ari and Spencer are on their phones. They've discovered there's a lighthouse rock in, and both nearby Belmar and Bayhead. Yeah, there's two different lighthouse rock ins on website page. Mm-hmm. And Hannah still can't get a hold of Nate. And so they're like, well, maybe Paige just sent us here to keep us away from Emily. And Ari's like, so she could get to her. <laughs> so they look over, they see Caleb's cards like speeds past. So Caleb calls Hannah then, and he's heard them, you know, over the app. Mm-hmm. He doesn't think that Paige ever planned on meeting them. So this is all a setup to get, get them away from Emily. So Caleb's going to go to the Belmar one and suggest the liars go to the Bayhead, which is not a terrible idea. I thought it was kind of funny that. Like, I feel like Spencer's probably, like, secretly, she's like, I need to take Caleb aside at some point and let him know how this fucking works. <laughs> Chain of command, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. So, at the at the end, there's, of course, the, the whistle as the tea kettle goes it's off. It's like the biggest horror movie cliche slash trope of all time. The old shrieking tea kettle, you know? Mm-hmm. There's so many in this episode. Yeah, so Emily I feel looks- like I've seen this, like, way too much and stuff recently. Yeah, Emily looks at her phone. She still has no reception. Nate starts talking about how he has some DVDs for later, which, what a dork. Yeah, um, <laughs> Emily's like, oh, I'm not really feeling well right now. I'm going to go yeah. get some air. Yeah, she wants to go for a walk, and he's like, oh, I'll go with you because it's dark. And she's like, yeah, well, I'll find my way. So she walks to the door, and she kind of looks back, and then she looks back at the door, and he's right there. In front he's kind of kinda like cut her off, all creepy, mm-hmm. and staring at her. And uh, he's tense for a moment. Then he's like, you should take your jacket. Yeah. Fucking creepy. So, yeah, so she takes the jacket. She kind of, you know, again, altering normal con- the context of normal gestures. She goes out for a walk, and as she's, like, walking away, she keeps, like, looking back, looking around, trying to get reception, and then suddenly Nate's right in front of her again. Yeah, it's, she can't get reception at all, but then suddenly Nate appears right in front of her, and she drops her phone, uh, and then she, she kind of tries to smile. She's like, oh, my God, you scared me half to death. And Nate says, not really, but I will. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. The mask so, of sanity just dropped. Yeah, so uh, when we come back from commercial, we're <laughs> Well, staring... Emily is just like, gulp. Yeah. We're, we're unfortunately staring right at the visage of Maya St. Germain herself. Emily is back inside this this cabin. She's watching a video of Maya. I got the dialogue here if you want. Okay. It. Oh, God. Uh, so this is... Seemingly, Maya never got to post this to her website page. This is like the, the last video she made for, for Emily before she died. Mm-hmm. Maya says... I wanted to give you this in person because I wanted to be there when you watch it, which is creepy. Mm. Uh, I said so many wrong things to you. Emily, this is me taking the time to get it right. I've been staying at Nolcon's cabin, trying to figure my way out of the mess I got into. I'm not totally sure, but I think that stalker from True North found me. I think I saw him at a party the other night. This isn't about him. It's about us. I'm coming home, and if you still want to be with me, I 
if I can still count on us, I know I can get through this. And then uh, th- this whole time, by the way, Nate St. Germain, he's, he's got that folding knife of his, the one with the LJ on it. He's mm-hmm. kind of just like stabbing it into the counter like over and over again, like being mm-hmm. weird. Uh, and he finally pauses the video at this point as uh, Maya's smiling and he says, how can you not fall in love with her smile? And Emily's like, why do you have this? Or how do you have this? Yeah. And he's like, I think you know the answer. But what you don't know is how much I loved her. Which, uh-huh. And then he gets mad at the way Emily's looking at her, him. And he kind of like puts a knife to her throat. And Emily's kind of like freaking out. We'll and he's that. like, when I found you at the brew, hearing you talk about Maya, I felt so connected to her. It's ironic. You took her away from me. Uh, and then he gave me back, uh, gave me a little of her back. Yeah, so Emily asked if he brought her here to kill her. And he says, well, no, I'm going to do to you what you did to me. I'm going to take away something from you. And um, you're going to watch. Yeah, he goes over the closet and he opens it. And there is Paige Shitshow McCullers all tied up and gagged. And yeah, Emily Duct tape out. over her mouth, yeah. Um, so I guess we have to feel bad for Paige now. I wonder how long she's been in there. Like, well, logistically? I say, Paige, you kind of wanted into the liar's world. This is this is the liars, you know. This is yeah. their life. I was just kind of LOLing because I remembered back in Angel when Wesley had the one chick that we hated, like tied up, like in his closet for a oh, while. Oh god, with like the bucket. And he's like, "If you're good, I'll let you keep the bucket." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So we cut to the liars. They're all in Spencer's car. Arya's passenger seat. She's on like uh, she's giving GPS directions to Spencer. Like you know, she's she's Google mapping this shit. Um. You know, Hannah's in the back seat. She's uh. Uh, on her phone. Yeah, like, it sounds like they're getting close too to the yeah, lighthouse both, rock-ins. Both both parties are getting close to their individual lighthouse rock-ins. Uh, Caleb and Hannah exchange their "I love yous." So Caleb, you know, cut to his car, hangs up the phone, sets his phone down in the passenger seat right next to his piece. Yeah, right next to his pistol. And this is after he promised to be careful. You know, yeah. and this whole time you're wondering who will the betrayal be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back to Emily and Nate. Emily's kind of eyeing a phone on the counter across from her because she's kind of stuck on the couch. And Nate still has that knife to her throat. And Nate says, when we kissed, I thought, maybe I don't have to hurt her. Maybe I can move on with Emily. But just like Maya, you were playing me. So he says that he basically gave her a choice. And she chose Paige, you know, instead. Wrong choice. Mm-hmm. Um, so as Nate, like, walks over to Paige, Emily, like, swiftly grabs the knife, right? No, she grabs the phone. Grabs the phone, that's she right, okay. Gr- s- sneakily grabs the phone while Nate's back is turned, and then, like, you know, gets right back where she was, and he turns around, and she's just like, hmm? And then he picks up Paige and kind of, like, flings her onto the couch next yeah. to Emily. Sits Paige next to Emily. So, uh, the and liars, th- there's a lot of like quick cutting here as you're going back and forth between locations. The liars get to their lighthouse rock in, um, in Bayhead. It's dark and foggy. It looks like the place is closed, but then Spencer looks over and says, well, look, there's a light on from one of the cabins. And so she heads towards it. Yeah. We cut inside the cabin where Nate says, you know, he wants Emily to watch him well, kill Paige. He's got the knife on Paige now. He's like, I want you to see this. Paige is like totally flipping out. Right. Uh, and Emily's like, my friends know I'm here. My mom knows. They're going to find you. And Nate says, uh, you know, you've underestimated me. I've been planning this for months. They think you're here with Nate St. Germain and he doesn't exist. You know, my name's Lyndon. I'm Lyndon James. Mm. Which, so it's interesting um, because, you know, Emily, she's trying to talk him down. And she's like, I won't tell anyone. And Nate's just like, no, I think Jenna saw me with Maya. And now that Maya's parents are in town for the trial, time's up. So 
his he's basically saying like I was probably going to kill you, but I figured I'd see if I could seduce you, you know, in the like month or two months or whatever that I had. Uh, and it didn't work, you know, Emily chose Paige eventually, so now his time's up, Maya's parents are going to show up, and his cover's blown anyway. Here's my issue of his line of dialogue. Do you remember Buffy Season 7, where, like, for a brief moment you thought Giles might be the first evil? And you look back, and, like, all his previous appearances that season, like, Giles never touched anything? So, Nate's supposedly planned this for a while, planned this for months. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it just consisted of like having a fake name and like being Maya's cousin and having Maya's phone of Emily information. Like, well, I guess we can presume that if he had really wanted to, he could have tried to like kidnap Paige and kill her anytime he wanted. But mm-hmm. he was he was building like he built a fake identity so he could try to seduce Emily, mm-hmm. and then well, he. I- I'm guessing. I, I mean, so he obviously he checked into a room somewhere under the name yeah. Nate Saint Germain. You know what I mean? Hey, like, this whole time he's just been seeing like, can I seduce Emily over to my side, or am I just going to have to kill Paige and then presumably her, or both? Yeah. Um. So meanwhile, the liars are inching closer and closer to the cabin. They step onto the porch outside the and the wood creaks. Mm-hmm. Inside, Nate hears a noise. He jumps up to check it. Emily runs off. Rather well, than it's an interesting thing here where he gets up to check and Paige kind of looks right at Emily and she, you can kind of hear her whisper leave. Yeah, she Does she? Okay. Leave. Yeah. I thought like Emily is like she's smart because I mean I think the dumb thing would have been to try to rescue Paige. The yeah, dumb thing. She bails and leaves Paige behind. Yeah. Um. And Nate so, kind of looks back and Paige is sitting there by herself and it's like, well, oh shit. Nate looks out the window and he mumbles, "Damn it!" You know, and he looks back and the Paige is there and Emily's gone and he sees the open door and he takes off after her. Meanwhile, the liars come into the cabin and they see that it's empty because it's not the same cabin. It's not the same lighthouse. It's the in. wrong lighthouse rock in. The show does a great job of teasing all of this, the sequence, but like they're not cheating. Yeah, it's it's very well executed the way you're like, oh shit, the liars are getting close. Nope, wrong cabin. Right. There's nothing inside. It's There's... it's a little uh, Dark Knight ish, you know, when uh, they go to rescue. It's uh, also Harvey Dent and uh, Rachel. That similar sequence from the Fellowship of the Ring movie, from also from the, the Ralph Bakshi animated movie. Oh, uh, yeah, a little, yeah. Which felt very cheaty to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily takes off running through the woods, and Nate gives chase. Yeah, Emily is running through the woods. Hannah's calling Caleb, because obviously they're at the wrong one, and Caleb presumably is headed to the right one. Right. Uh, Nate is chasing after Emily through the woods, but they're never like in the same shot, uh, which is interesting. They're, they're both just kind of running through the woods looking around. So then we get the exterior shot of this creepy old lighthouse. Um, the so lighthouse, Rockin's lighthouse. In a lot of ways, the whole plot of this episode is basically that old Mike Myers movie, So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> uh, um, so interior lighthouse, Emily has climbed up to the top. She's still trying to get a signal. I understand getting the signal. This is still a terrible idea. This is this is the cliche. Uh, you girl. run towards the light. I mean that that feels like safety, right? She's she's basically made herself more visible because the lighthouse spins around and obstructions yeah. to the light will be clearly visible. Yeah, maybe she's thinking somebody would be there. 
I think she's thinking the higher the point, the better the reception. Better signal, and, and I, I guess get, you could kind of assume that someone would be there. I get that, but the, but she has the distance. You know what I mean? If she just kept running forward, I don't think Nate would have ever caught up. Oh, and this is very much like a horror movie, this episode. And, yeah. and it's it's got the same horror movie cliches and tropes. And there's, yeah. So Emily, she finally gets a signal. She starts to call 911, and as soon as uh, the call connects, you know, 911, what's your emergency? There's a kind of a cool shot of the kind of the spinning light turns around and the, reveals nate saint germain well the windows like reflect what's inside because of the light mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. emily can only see herself she can't see out and then you see nate's reflection in one of the windows yeah and so he attacks with the knife before emily can say anything to 911 and there there's uh some like some scuffling emily's like kind of like has blocked his hand and he's trying to stab her it's a pretty brutal fight actually um, and it lasts for a few minutes i mean he's, yeah, he's basically he's bigger and it keeps overpowering her but he made the fatal mistake of going after the strongest and most athletic liar most athletic liar of the group well and because emily's holding her own you yeah. know she's like well, kicking him off and well, every time she kicks him off, though, he's right back on her. But mm-hmm. so um, she eventually knocks a knife out of his hand and gets it herself. You get the trope where they're now up close wrestling each other, and then Nate makes orgasm face. Yeah, she she gets it right up under his rib cage in the gut, uh, and he goes down. He's got you see he's he's got like a gut wound, like pretty much like right above the abdomen, mm-hmm. um, and he just goes limp. You know, he's already bleeding out. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb comes running up with the gun. Mm-hmm. And there's a cool shot of, and, you know, Emily's just totally freaked out. She, Emily turns around, and she's got the bloody knife in her hand, and she looks spontaneously, like, guilty and horrified and, uh, like, scared. Uh, and she drops the knife. And Caleb runs over and he puts his gun down on, like, the kind of center counter there where the, the lighthouse thing is. Where the, where the mirrored light thing yeah. is. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, he's holding Emily, hugging her dumb move caleb because then we cut to outside the lighthouse and it's just like gunshot you know yeah, cut to see black. and hear the gun blast yeah mm-hmm. um so then never we, put your like he puts a gun down and and embraces emily and then they both back about three feet away from the gun so like the gun is like behind the two of them and like closer to nate like what are you doing caleb yeah so then we see the stuff in the beginning where the other liars are at the police behind the police line they're crying they're freaking out we mm-hmm. see caleb is one of the guys being wheeled into the ambulance. He's shirtless. He's apparently been shot in like the abdomen on one side. It's like a torso gunshot wound. It looks like it's on one side. It doesn't look that bad. Because how could it be that bad? Because like Emily was like embracing him, so it would have had to have been kind of on the side, you know? So I guess we're to infer that Nate got up and shot him like grabbed the gun and shot like as his last act before he bled out yeah because i mean i'm I'm pretty sure nate like took one to like to the heart or you know like because that that stab was like right up underneath his rib cage it's underneath his rib cage but like it's also a huge wound Mm -hmm. from what you can see on the through his shirt it's a it's a it's a bigger like i feel like emily stuck it in and kind of moved the knife around a little Mm -hmm. bit you know um yeah hannah's got the waterworks going here you never see that that sequence though, where Nate jumps back up and shoots Caleb. That's almost Caleb better if you show. don't, though. You know. Yeah. Well, it's just hey, you know what, kids? Gun safety. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So we the Hannah's crying like a maniac. We see Emily being questioned by the cops. She looks over. She's staring right at poor Hannah. We see that Paige is also being questioned separately by the cops. Oh, and we see the other body being wheeled over, and we we know now that that's Nate because it has like a sheet over the face. Yeah, he's dead. 
Yeah. Paige is saying that she got an anonymous text to uh, go to the cemetery at 10, but Nate got her, got to her before she got there. Mm. And Emily, she's looking over at Hannah crying, and she can't do this anymore. She runs over to hug Hannah. Yeah. And Paige runs over to kind of uh, take her place in the questioning to like yeah. stop the cops. Yeah, distract the cops um, while, while Emily like comforts Hannah. And Paige, when she's on the cops, she kind of just like looks over and watches them. I think partly to to know to re- be reminded that she does not fit into this group. Well, you know, also Spencer looks up and Spencer and Paige exchange kind of knowing glances. Mm-hmm. It's not very, like, very just like kind of like deep into each other's souls, like looks at each other. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So then we're in the hospital. I uh, feel like Paige is just like, oh, this is the world you girls roll in all the time. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. And Spencer's just like, sorry. <laughs> But not that sorry. Spencer's like, you don't know us. Yeah. You don't know our struggle. Um, at the hospital, Hannah's like leaning into Arya and sitting by Emily. Spencer comes back of coffee and kind of offers it to Hannah. But Hannah is merged into Arya. They're half one person. Mm-hmm. So no dice on that. Pam comes out. I'm sure Spencer can drink that coffee. Yeah, she will. Pam comes out of wherever parents are allowed to go in hospitals and says that Caleb is still in surgery. Emily looks pretty shell-shocked here. Yeah. Uh, Pam then gets paged to a courtesy phone, and she's just like, "Oh, it must be your dad. That's weird. I never reached him. He doesn't even know we're here." Yeah. And so, so as soon as she gets up and leaves, their phones all ring at once. Not text message. Ring like like a phone yeah. call, and they all get the same basically like robot voice, like the the distorted voice changer says, thing. Emily, I owe you one. Hmm. What is hmm. Who, who owes Emily one? We'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, so Pam comes back and says, well, that's odd. There's nobody there. They're just like, yeah. Uh, and then Veronica Hastings walks out with Garrett Reynolds. For some reason, they are also at the hospital. Well, like, like shouldn't this hospital be in, like, Bay- was it Baylor? Or- Belmar? Belmar, yeah. Yeah. Like, shouldn't um, they be at, like, the Belmar Hospital right now? So the girls are all shocked. Spencer's especially shocked. Shocked that, that Garrett's out. Mm-hmm. Veronica like doesn't really answer her daughter's question. She just kind of sits over her family and apologizes for family's ordeal, but says, "Hey, buck up, kiddo. Because of what you dealt with, you know, innocent man is free. Like Garrett Reynolds is going to go free. Yeah, you've helped an innocent victim. So presumably Garrett's at the hospital because he's visiting his mom. Per- yeah, I can see that. I guess he's doing something with a nurse, and he looks back at the girls and gives like the goofiest, most sinister look. Oh, that him. is a shit eating grin if there ever was one. Yeah, he kind of yeah. he looks over at him and kind of just like a shit eating grin, like spreads across his face just like <laughs> what i love though is that thanks girls, girls are still pretty shocked that this monster has been let out of prison even mm-hmm. though earlier in the episode they were like we're pretty sure he's innocent yeah well we should also mention uh i don't mention the score that often because there's a lot of it on pll but the the, the tense music is rising right now in the score it's just like dun 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 you know as he's like yeah. shitty and he grin at then yeah, they never let go of a suspect, though. Even if the suspect's been proved innocent, unless oh, yeah. they're going to lose their virginity to that suspect in this episode. Mm, maybe you should not let that one go, because we cut to Mona. She's well, Mona, in the nurse's outfit again. It's at Rally. The The light is low in the sense that like the sun is just coming up. Yeah, it's like early morning light. Mona's walking back into Radley, and she says, if I knew Nate was going to get Garrett out, I would have stayed in tonight. Mona's back in her cute nurse outfit, talking mm. to, a, to the other A. Yeah, and she tells the other A that that A needs to get Maya's cell phone back. And it shouldn't be too difficult because Paige doesn't even know she has it. 
Right. I like how Mona like gets out uh, her like her little compact and reapplies her mit- lipstick here while she's having this conversation. Yeah. So Mona is sad that they didn't get to make that phone call. What is yeah. that phone call? Mona will tell you by acting it out. Ring, ring. What is Paige doing with Maya's cell phone? OMG. She must be the killer. So it's funny that the A's were trying to set up Paige as a killer this whole time. Yeah. Um, and had Maya's cell phone to do it with. Yeah. It's, and, it's, it's so fascinating to like, get this glimpse into like an A plan gone wrong, mm-hmm. you know? And Mona says, oh well, even the best laid plans go awry. I'll see you soon. And she goes back inside and the camera pulls back to the other A in the hoodie, like watching. As they turn around. And the hoodie turns around, and it's Toby. Oh, shit. Toby kind of backs away and then, like, runs around the corner, kind of, like, almost but not quite, like, old-timey crook, you know? He's, like, his hands he's, are out, like... He's, like, whoop, whoop. this hunched-over walk. Yeah. Yeah. He he looks with, the, with that big black hood. He really looks like the ugliest Sith Lord ever. <laughs> Seriously. Um, <laughs> hey, he so, looks like Darth Footface. Yeah, exactly. Um... This is essentially an A tag, but weird. There's another A tag. Yeah, in an A in the A layer, uh, there's a hoodie in there. Presumably Toby. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's somebody else. Hoodie grabs a poster for hoodie that. meaning a person in a hoodie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, grabs a poster for the Halloween Ghost Train that's uh, happening on 31st. Because of course we should mention the next episode is the Halloween episode, uh, and they place a phone call using that same voice distortion and orders two tickets to the Halloween ghost train. The voice sounds like, I don't know if you, I don't, I don't know if they do this now on like these like news, news program, news magazine shows. Yeah. Yeah. I think when the they still do. In the silhouette and they distort their voice to protect their identity. Mm-hmm. Like he, he touched me in a weird way or yeah. like I am a whistleblower. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk here. We, we've got some things to discuss. Well, with the most minor of mysteries, who on the other end, who's who's distributing these tickets? Wouldn't they be like, I can't understand you? <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? I'll you take two wh- tickets. <laughs> Who the fuck is this? Yeah, so it's very confusing here. We know there's two A's. Presumably. Like, there's Mona, Let me get out my credit card. <laughs> Security code. <laughs> there's a. Oh wait. I have a coupon. Yeah. There's Toby and Mona. Presumably Toby is the rocking chair, A, eh? which he would stare at his ugly face while he's rocking there. Uh, I, well, this I is what I'm curious about. This is not the, this is not Toby at the end, I think. It could be. I mean, we don't know. But this is what I'm curious about. Okay. What does A owe Emily for? Emily, I owe you one. So this is what I've come up with. It could be one of two things. Emily, number one, she killed Nate, mm-hmm. so maybe they owe Emily for that. Number two, Garrett is now free, so maybe they owe Emily for that. Yeah, because the stealing the body really benefited Garrett's case. Uh, a lot of stuff has made it kind of seem like they're inching towards trying to get Garrett free mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, and I, I kind of got the impression that A, whoever A is over the course of the season... They know who killed Maya. They don't really care. Well, there's an interesting thing here, because as soon as they mentioned a few episodes ago that somebody stole Maya's phone, mm-hmm. um, I immediately thought, and even up until watching this episode again, I assumed that that was Nate or, you know, right. Lyndon James. But now I'm not sure. Is it possible that A had the phone the whole time? 
I don't know. I don't because I always figured that like Nate had Maya's phone, and that's how he had like some photos of Emily, and kind of like was able to piece together enough of Maya's life to like pose as Nate Saint Germain. I would think, yeah, if I had anybody's phone, I could create a profile, but which I could then create yeah. a bullshit identity to in- in- infiltrate their life. But if that's the case, then A presumably has known that that who Nate really is for a while, and went and stole the phone when they needed it to try to set up. Uh, page. However, that works out. My feeling is that A has known Nate's situation yeah. all along. Well, but it seems like their little play to uh, frame up Page would not have lasted that long because Nate's cover was about to be blown anyway. But the one of the patterns of the show is that there are these like two episode mini arcs where mm-hmm. you have your new red herring. You know, A, A would have just been fucking with him for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And A enjoys that kind of shit. But yeah. you kind of wonder. Does A does A owe Emily for killing Nate? Like, was A gonna do that themselves? Probably, like, presumably at some point. Like, like once Nate's like served his purpose. I guess A just strikes me as a type that like doesn't need any extra actors uh, in the arena. You know, like once Nate had served his purpose, they'd need to like get, bump him off. Right, because because it, it's an uncontrollable element, and mm-hmm. Nate's not meticulous and like yeah. calculating like A is. Nate's a fucking hothead weirdo. Um, or is A just fucking a family? Could be, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it could just be like, haha, like because because Garrett comes out right after that, and so maybe that was A's way of just saying like, haha, like basically you, doing the you exact did same me a favor. They were doing with Paige. Or now they're making Garrett look even more guilty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, true. But with all this too, you have to remember that there's one person who exited the scenario, like the previous episode, who seemingly was very observant and knew things that could they could share, which is Jenna. Mm-hmm. So, who well, is giving instructions to Mona? That's a good question. It is funny, where, like. We tried to dance around him as much as possible. Nate St. Germain was clearly up to no good. Like, I mean, he should have been able to tell at least halfway through the season that, like, there was something wrong with his story. Well, he was creepy as shit from moment one. And he, his details were all weird, and he seemed to treat Maya way too intimately to be a cousin. Right, yeah. Um, what well, do you I mean, think of, was... I mean, now that, now that we can say Nate's a killer, like, what do you think of that character overall? I think, well, first of all, if he was just her cousin, he clearly wanted to bang his cousin. Yeah. Um, I think that the part of the problem is it just it, bad actor, bad writing for for the character. I mean, I, mean, I never... don't know if he's necessarily a bad actor because he was really creepy. I mean, it's 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 like you didn't like his character because he was such a creep, and like he just like every time he came on screen, you're just like, ah, this but fucking guy. What was the intention? Were we always supposed to suspect him? Were we always supposed to be mm-hmm. uneasy by him? I mean, like the thing about Mona for me was that while you and I could guess that Mona was a from the pilot, she was amazing though. Like she really fit in. Like if Mona had not been revealed to be a, mm-hmm. I would still buy that Mona is Mona throughout season three, just being this kind of crazy. Yeah, but I mean, school, you, know, you know, Nate, you know, slash Lyndon, he is the lady killer, and yeah. I guess this is about what you'd expect from some guy who stalks women who reject him you know and kills yeah. him uh, i mean there there's a slight elephant in the room here uh the actor's black and i guess on the one hand he could say like oh you made the black guy the bad guy 
But on the other hand, like he's totally not a stereotype at all. There's like, not a lot of blackmail serial killers. He's very much a unique character who like comes off as really nothing else you've really seen on screen that much. Like you would normally this would be a white guy, you know. Um, so maybe that's a little bit of a red herring that he is black, because there aren't a lot of black serial killers. Well, and it's a double-edged sword, because on one hand, you can very well be like, understandably, with the way the landscape of TV has always been, oh, God, look at that, you made the black guy the killer. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's like, in a sense of equality, why can't the character who happens to be black contain this element, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, do, why does he have to be limited by by his race? Um so in the deleted scenes, they did alternate or they did alternate endings to like throw off spoilers where <laughs> Paige was one of the A's that turns around at the end and mm-hmm. Radley and so was Caleb. Yeah, I think they actually end up doing that a lot where they later I won't get into the specifics, but later on in another episode they, they cut alternate promos uh with like different people being like hashtag like with their name and a capital A so you wouldn't know, you know, oh was it this person, was it that person? Interesting. Uh, yeah. It's like you know, when they did Lost and they put, uh, was it Desmond in the coffin? Desmond and also, I think, uh, Sawyer was the other one. Was there a Sawyer? Oh, weird. Yeah, I think there's a Sawyer one, too. Um, yeah, so the trivia for the, the wiki talks about similarities between this episode and Scream. <laughs> um, also, the fact that Lucy Hale has a cameo in the fourth, the fourth Scream movie. The one with um, time travel, right? Yeah, because well, no, no, it, the, the target. She's the one who talks five. about time travel. Yeah, yeah Stab Five features time travel. Um, I'm not going to go into all the similarities between this and Scream because I've, you know, ad nauseum gone on about Scream TV show and the similarities PLL. So you can look out there. Um, but yeah, so we find out that the hashtag betrayal refers to Toby. Toby. Toby is an A apparently. That's Apparently, wh- that's why he's been acted all shady and weird all season. He's just been so like constipated. Well, that's it's like he just up. always looks like just like shady. Every every time he has to hug Spencer and it's like she can't see his face, he always just looks like like you know, like weird and hard. Like when he when we see the reveal and he walks away at the end, he has this like hard look on his face, you know. That's just his face. Yeah. That's just resting Toby face. Yeah. Um, so Emily's, episode. Emily's killed someone now. Yeah. T- Emily has gotten a taste of murder. Mm-hmm. Garrett is free. Jenna thing apparently suspected Nate. That was what that scene was about in the last episode. Was right. Jenna wasn't warning Emily about Paige. She's, she was warning Emily about Nate. Yeah, that should show Paige. Couldn't, couldn't kill anybody. It mm-hmm. had to be Nate. Well, I think that is an interesting reveal for Jenna's character is that she may hate the liars and feel bullied by them, but this was still something where she was going to at least try to warn Emily as best she could. Yeah, I don't think she wanted to see Emily meet a bad end like that, or to have it on her conscience. You know yeah, I mean? at least Emily, not by you know. Well, Emily else is can. still like the nicest of the four girls. I wonder, like, if you ask Jenna, like, who she prefers. Like, I feel like Arya might top that list. Arya's always been the nicest to Jenna specifically. Mm, that's a good point. And Hannah's obviously the meanest. Well, what, isn't okay? So isn't it? It's Jenna who says to Emily, "I don't know why they think you're the nice one, right?" Is yeah, she says, "I don't know why anyone calls you the sweet one." Yeah, so I don't know, but I feel like though. I mean, I, you, 
just actions and demeanor. Like Emily's never as horrible to anyone <laughs> as as the other four. Although I guess that um, after Doctor Sullivan's little little speech at the school, mm-hmm. I think uh, Emily does give some shit talk to Jenna unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm, I'm way off about that. But um, let's let's think about Spencer's diary. Oh man, she's like. Uh, in the morning, I had an intervention that turned into a shit show. Mm. Paige didn't listen to anything we said, and I think I might have lost her as a friend. Mm. Then I went to school. I had coffee with Hannah. I came home and fucked I'm Toby. Crushing then, my six AP classes. Yeah. Yeah. Came home, fucked Toby, sent him packing. Uh, by the way, that was my virginity. But yeah. uh, now I am, you know, going to a cabin to try to stop the killer, but it turns out the killer's at the other cabin, and Emily killed somebody, and it turned out that that was the guy that killed Maya. And now we got a uh, message from Ace thanking us for for getting Garrett out. Yeah. By um, the way, I lost my virginity. And I'm drinking some Perry. Uh, somewhere in there, I uh, discharged this like salty fluid from my eyes. I'm not quite sure what that is. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, sploosh uh, with the Toby thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like. Uh, First of all, when Toby or when Spencer like uh, is it handwritten? Does she type it up? When she types it up, is it narrated, a la Hannah, in the previous <laughs> episode? Because I would love Doogie Howser style. Yeah, I would love that. I would love if they just did cutaways to all the girls, especially Arya, since we know Arya does some writing, but it's mostly mm-hmm. personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think as much as I hated Nate, though, this was a fun storyline for this half season that you could get away with. Yeah. You can't do this kind of thing all the time, but it was a fun distraction. It was also a great template by which to also move your normal human drama, your Maggie, Ezra, that bullshit. But like, A was able to maneuver around. This is a, like, you know, that's one of the things you always want to do in your property is after you've initially defeated your main villain, like your Magneto, mm-hmm. you want to bring in that third villain while still having your your magneto well, and the fun like thing moving is moving around ultimately nate and maya's murder had nothing to do with a at all right. nothing to do with Allie at all right he was just some stalker that she met at true north well so the only thing that we talked about this and we can't go into spoilers for you know pre like, like succeeding seasons of the pll but the only thing that's kind of left hanging here is what did maya know Exactly. Maya knew, you know, Miss Arya, you're a killer, not Ezra's wife, spells out Maya knew. What did Maya know? Maya seemingly must have had something in her bag or have acquired some piece of information that Mona was concerned about. Or is it something mundane, just like mundane and creepy, like Maya knew who her killer was? Or was Mona just playing Arya yeah. and Hannah yeah. and getting them invested in the identity of Maya's killer because they're going to pin it on Paige later? Is that the one, I think we talked about it during that episode, is that the one where they don't actually specifically spell it out? Spell it out? They never, they, they go over the modsugar.com and the not safe, but the, yeah, they never spell out Maya New. It's just like, if you're paying attention at all, you can spell that out for yourself. I love that one because then the audience goes and does the work for them and it's even mm-hmm. creepier because now you're on your own. The episode's ended and you're like, what does that mean? Oh shit. And that, that, that kind of creepy thing moves up your spine. Um, yeah, so... You know what? That's a mystery we'll never get the answer to because Maya, like Maya, it's frustrating and weird. So long, Maya. Yeah. So, you know, thankfully, we have Garrett's out in the loose. There's two, maybe three A's. Of course, you have all that that wonderful 
just like riveting, like Ezra, Maggie, oh, Malcolm, ab- absolutely fucking riveting. We uh, should mention, I don't think we ever did. I'm Marlon King, the showrunner, wrote this episode, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Ron Lagomarsino, who also did the last one. Mm. They probably do the episodes in, in blocks. I'm wondering. I don't know. I don't think Chad Lowe ever does Tina Well. That's a real shame. Yeah. But the next episode, which we'll be getting to soon, is This is a Dark Ride. Ooh. This is the season three Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. This is a Dark Ride. Uh, that one's going to be written by Joseph Doherty, who does some of the best work on the show. Yeah. So can't wait for that one. Well, and it's a Halloween episode, and you know that PLL has fun with their Halloween. PLL loves their Halloween episodes. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that in a big way. Mm-hmm. And until then. So long. Bye-bye.